Thanks for tuning into the Passion Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Nate Schaefer, and I'm glad you're here. Well, we are currently in a nine-week series titled Being a Disciple. Now, last week, we talked about your assurance of salvation, what it means to be saved. This week, we're talking about living a life of prayer. So in this message, you will find practical ways on how to implement prayer into your daily life. So be blessed as you listen. So last week, does everybody remember the expected outcome from last week? Let's just, let's just say it together. I know I've been doing that the last couple of weeks, but if you would just say this with me, it's up on the screen. Uh, let's, let's start here. Every disciple maker will stand firm in the assurance of their salvation and help others do the same. So it's our job to stand firm in our faith. So we must not forget that the result of sin is relational separation from God. However, we have been given the gift of eternal life in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? Yes. What was the application from last week? Don't live your life staring through the rearview mirror. So don't, don't live your life looking back. Now, we need to look back to be able to see the past, maybe have to deal with the past, but then we need to use that as a testimony. That's how God has changed us. Amen? And then we count it all joy that the Lord has saved us, that he chose us. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just take a moment and pray before we dive into this week's material. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for what you're doing in this church and how you're moving. Lord, I pray that you would just be my mouthpiece today. Would you speak through me? Lord, uh, would you speak clearly to everybody? Lord, I pray that the ears... And the hearts would be open and attentive to what you are saying today. Lord, I pray that you would lift the scales so we can see what you want us to see, so we can hear what you want us to hear, and so we can feel what you want us to feel today. Lord, that we would be truly a transformed people because of your truth and your word and our obedience to your truth and word and willingness to let you move. So we just praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. All right, so what is the expected outcome for this week? It'll be up on the screen. Let's say it together. Every disciple maker will experience a healthy prayer life in tune with the Holy Spirit. Now, my mom, Brenda, over here that led prayer a little bit ago, I, I didn't think about it till last night. I should have had her teach this because it's about prayer. But So I will do, I'll do my best here. But every disciple maker will experience a healthy prayer life in tune with the Holy Spirit. So we've talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit. So all of this comes out of our filling, right? It's going to be awfully hard for us to be in tune with the Holy Spirit if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit. So why do we need prayer? What's the importance? Why do we need prayer? Well, number one is to obey God's command. Now, there are a lot of scripture references, kind of like last week. This week, we have a lot. So I might breeze through some of these, just trying to keep up. I'm really sorry, but I don't want to spend, I don't want to go over too, too long or anything like that, all right? So Luke 18.1, if you want to turn with me there, or if you don't have a Bible, you can use your phone if you have an app, or you can look at the screen. Or, yeah, or it's in your book. You have your book. That's right, Luke 18.1. Some of the scriptures will just be a reference, but they won't actually be all in there. 
Sometimes it just you know, says Luke 18.1, but it doesn't actually give you the full scripture. But yes, those are, those are the ways we can see it. So Luke 18.1, it's the parable of the persistent widow. And in verse 18, Jesus says to his disciples, uh, a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. That's what, what it says. So he was giving them this parable to show them that they should never give up and they should always pray. Ephesians 6, 18. Ephesians 6, 18. This is talking about the armor of God. And in verse 18, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So it's to obey God's command. Number two, to show and express our needs. To show and express our needs. John 16, 24. If you want to turn there. John 16, 24. It says, until now you have asked Nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So in order to receive the joy, we have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and praying to him. Amen? First Peter 5, 5 through 7. If you want to turn to First Peter 5, 5 through 7. And this, and this passage is talking about... Um, how we submit to God and resist the devil. It says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him. For he cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for me. He cares for each and every one of you. Praise the Lord. So we can cast our cares upon him. We express our needs to him. We're struggling with whatever it is we're going through. We can go to our heavenly father. Amen? There is nothing that is stopping us from that communication but ourselves. So number three. Number three is to seek God's leading. This one's a tough one. (laughs) To seek God's leading. Because we want to lead ourselves, don't we? So we need to seek God's leading. All right, Jeremiah 33.3. Jeremiah 33.3. So I'm about the excellence of the restored nation. It says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. He will show it. And if we apply that to us today, we'll put it in context right here. Call to me. So he's talking to you. Call to me. I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things, things that you don't know. Thank you, Lord, that we can call upon you and you will show us great and mighty things. Amen? 
All right, Matthew 26, 36 through 46. Matthew 26, 36 through 46. This is the prayer in the garden. This is the longer one here. It says, Then Jesus came with them to the place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said, said to Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, Father, if, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, and their eyes were heavy. He, uh, so he left them, went away again, and prayed a third time, saying the same words that he came to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being portrayed into the hands of the sinners. Rise, let us be going. So it continues into the death and resurrection of, of Jesus, the whole process. But he prays three times, and the first prayer is, Oh, I don't want this, God. Please, Lord, I don't. But, but I'm willing to go where you want me to go. And you notice, too, that he prayed three times. And the resurrection was over three days. Just a cool correlation. I think that's really powerful. So he went a third time, and by the third time, he was like, I will do it. I will do it. Though it's not what I really feel like doing right now, I will, because you want me to. So we need to go to seek the Lord's leading. Number four, to receive mercy and grace. To receive mercy and grace. Hebrew, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, if you want to turn there. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Our compassionate high priest is what it's talking about. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but is but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Come boldly. That's not arrogantly. Doesn't, doesn't mean you come, you say, well, God, you owe this to me, and blah, 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 blah. Now, it's not that kind of boldness. It's, it's a boldness in our faith. It's saying, God, I believe it, I trust, I have faith, that you will answer, that you will come through. Maybe you know somebody that's, that's in the hospital right now, and so you are going to boldly approach the throne of grace. You will boldly, don't be afraid to boldly approach 
the Lord, but it's that boldness of faith, not of self. Amen? Psalms 51.1, a prayer of repentance. Psalm 51.1 says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. That should be something we should pray every day. Amen? I should pray that every day. Lord, have mercy upon me. Wow. According to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. So number four was to receive mercy and grace. Number five, to bless and intercede for others. Second. 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 6. If you want to turn there, 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 6. This is about spiritual warfare. It says in verse 3, for, through, for, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So it's not against flesh and blood. Now we have to understand, we can't just look at every situation and, and just, just label it that way. I mean, we live in a fallen world. You know, I'm struggling with some allergies right now. And though I'm going to pray that God will just touch my body, I'm not always just going to go, well, it's just the enemy. You know, we can't just be careful. Somebody told me one time, be careful how much we credit the enemy. <laughs> we have to be careful because sometimes I don't want to get into the whole, we're going to speak that into existence. Like, you know, I knew somebody that had cancer. I just said it. I'm sorry. But it's the truth. They had cancer. And everybody around them was like, don't say it. You're speaking it into existence. It's like there's just a reality to this fallen world that we're all going to die. Isn't that right? That we're going to get sick. Things are going to happen. Now, I do believe that the enemy can use that to keep us off, off task. I do believe that. One for me is my sleep. He can use sleep to completely keep me exhausted. And I was told a long time ago that the enemy knows how strong you are when you're awake so he wants to get you at your weakest point, and that's when you're asleep. And so I know that that can be something for me, but I don't want to just wake up every morning and be like, my arm hurts, it's the enemy. Let's be careful, okay? But we do have to remember that we are battling against the spiritual realm. That there is a battle happening. When we talk about marriages, or when we talk about relationships, or we talk about people that might be alcoholics, there's a... There is a physical battle, but it's a reflection of the spiritual, I believe. Right? John 17, 9 through 10. If you want to turn there, John 17, 9 through 10. Jesus prays for his disciples. He says, I pray for them. I do not pray for, for the world, but of, for those whom you have given me. For they are yours and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. So number five was to bless and intercede for others. The Lord ex exemplifies that right there. 
So what do we need prayer for? What do we need this for? Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So if we want to experience the peace that transcends all understanding, we must pray and seek the Father. So one of the things we should do is we should take time to listen and talk to God throughout the day. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for me. So I want to talk about some potential responses we may get from the Lord when we pray. Now, I'm not saying you're going to hear it exactly like this, but this you might get generally these responses, and it may not be verbal. If you're new to the faith and you're going, I just don't understand all of this. This is very new to me. You know, this whole prayer idea, like, okay, I get it. I should pray, but I've never heard the voice of the Lord. Will I actually hear it? Will I, will I just feel it? What will it be? I think God speaks in many ways. Amen? So there's not just one way, but sometimes we, we may hear this specific thing or maybe it's something close to it. So number one is God may say, yes, you can proceed. So when you're praying, when you're praying for something, God may give you permission to keep praying for it. And it doesn't mean, you know, you, you will pray, but that doesn't mean you just stop praying, you know, until you hear God say, I give you permission. It's just this idea of sometimes we feel, have you ever been praying and you just felt like, wow, this is what I need to be praying for? Wow, this is so right, and I'm so glad I'm praying for this right now. That's the Lord. I believe it's the Lord just confirming in your spirit that it's okay to proceed with that prayer. God may say, no, you cannot proceed. There might be a moment. I've had these moments where I start praying, and it's a selfish prayer. It's a selfish motive. And I feel like this check. You know, I, I pray very often. Daily, I'm like seeking the Lord. And there are times I start to pray for something. And have you ever done this? Well, God, you know my heart, right? You know what, you know what I mean, right? Well, if I have to say that, <laughs> maybe I should check whether I should be praying it. Well, God, you know my heart. And he's, yeah, I do. And it's kind of selfish right now. Because I'm trying to be holy, but I can't fool God, <laughs> But, you know, there's that check, and then I go, oh, you know. Or maybe the times that I, I have that check that's like, no, stop praying that. That's not what I want you to be praying for right now. That's when I need to be, be, be silent. Or maybe I need to ask, well, what do you want me to speak to you about? What should I speak to you about right now, Lord? Speak to me. Show me where you want me to be right now, in the scriptures or with you. And the third is God may say, wait. And part of that is, Nothing, or he'll do nothing at all, but I'll get to that in a second. We'll start with wait. Have you ever had a moment where you've prayed and you felt like you just had to be patient? I've had those where you go, but now, when I was, when I was in, wanting to transition out of Bethany Baptist Church, former church I was at, 
I was ready to go months before God released us. But the Lord was like, yeah, I know you're praying that, and I don't have a problem with you praying to me, but you need to wait. And I'm so glad that I didn't take a fleshly move, that I submitted to that, because in that, the last couple months I was there, I learned so much, and I was humbled. I mean so humbled. All the people that I struggled with, I fell in love with. And it wasn't because, oh, it's because Nate just decided I'm going to change my attitude. It's because I submitted to the Lord, and the Lord did that for me. Yes. So there is that moment of waiting. Another one, like we see here, is you might not hear anything. But God, I I don't know if we're supposed to move. You know, when we looked at going to New Hampshire, if you want to know our story, me and my wife's story, my family's story, of how we ended up here pastoring this church and me pastoring this church, it's just crazy what God did. I mean, insane, but awesome. And that's only what God can do. But in the process, you know, I had applied at many churches thinking that we were going to be leaving. And the last church was a church in New Hampshire, which is very far away. Colder winters, hotter summers, not exactly what I had pictured in mind. And I actually specifically said, no way. And the Lord said, don't change or don't close the door on what I can do. That was specifically what I heard. But in that process, once I heard that, I knew that I had to move forward. But then I began to continue to pray for what God wanted, and I wasn't getting anything. It was like there was this blockage happening where I'm like, I'm not hearing anything. Cat's like, I'm not. I don't know. So we're just taking this step of faith. In New Hampshire going, maybe this is where God wants us. I mean, I heard, don't close the door on what I could do. But, man, that could mean so many things here. So I'm just taking this leap of faith, flying out to New Hampshire to meet this church, which, you know, when you're in a process, they want to interview you. They want to have you lead praise and worship on a Sunday. They want to go through that whole process just to see what you're like. And God, the whole time we were there, we're like, what are you saying, Lord? Oh, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling because I've got my emotions that are like, this is amazing. I don't want to leave home, but this could be where God wants us, right? Could, it could be. It just seems like every, the stars are aligning, <laughs> right? You had that? And then in service that Sunday, I'm, I'm done leading praise and worship. Me and Kat have been struggling to hear the voice of the Lord. And if you know the story, I'm sorry for repeating it, but it's just really powerful. His sermon, the pastor's sermon that Sunday was titled, How to Hear the Voice of the Lord. And it was for me, but he didn't do that on purpose. It was just a series they were going through. And so literally, I was just like undone. I couldn't believe it. Uh, And it was the Lord started to speak again. But we were just taking that leap of faith. So we didn't hear anything. We didn't stop moving. We didn't get comfy. We didn't go, well... Maybe it's not what we're supposed to do, so we'll just sit here until the Lord says move. Let's be careful as Christians that we don't lay in bed till one in the afternoon because we didn't hear the voice of the Lord tell us to get out of bed. That's not what this is about. We have work to do. The Bible is very clear that we should not be lazy. Just read Proverbs, and I can be guilty of being lazy. So this is about just things in our life, but we continue to do the will of the Father. What's the will of the Father? It's to love him to serve him, to glorify him in everything you say and do and to tell people about him. That is the will of the Father. So that should not stop. 
But sometimes we're in a situation where we don't hear the voice of the Lord in a situation we're going into, right? And so that's where we were. And then right after, like, right after he had said a couple points that just blew us away, we're just taking notes like crazy, the Lord just spoke so clearly to me. And it was, you are to take this model of church back home. And that's why we're doing all this discipleship, all this evangelism stuff. It's because the Lord has called us to that. And so I said, Kat, you gotta, we, I got to tell you something. And I guess we looked distressed enough in the moment that one of the ushers like, is everything okay? I'm like, no, everything's fine. I just heard the voice of the Lord. So I'm like pulling her outside, and she's like, I heard the same thing. So it was confirmation. But we had, we had not heard the voice, so it was quiet. We, don't, we didn't stop praying. We didn't give up. We continued to have faith, and we continued to move in the will of God. I think sometimes we struggle more with uh, not hearing anything. Or maybe we're so focused on ourselves and all of our stuff that we just don't. My biggest issue for years was I didn't shut up to let the Lord speak. And I bet you sit there, if you would just be quiet, I could tell you something. I'm going, but I don't want to because I'm actually kind of afraid of what you might say. So what are some effective approaches to prayer? Well, these are all, not just some. We don't just, this, I don't think we just take, take and pick here. This isn't like Burger King. You know, you have it your way. But here are some effective ways to pray. Faith, James 1, 6 says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. So we must have faith. When we pray, approach the Father with faith, without doubt. That's hard sometimes. But we need to develop that faith with God. Motives. Number two is motives. James 4, 2 through 3 says, You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. So we come to the Lord selfishly, and we do. I was telling Kat last night, it's, it's not like he's a genie in the bottle and we've got to pray to him the right way. If anybody catches the reference, I, I would hear laughing, but I guess not. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> I didn't want to laugh at you. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. My wife was like, oh, yeah. Don't do that. I'm like, I've got to do it. It's great. But it's true. Don't we treat him that way? Don't we treat him like a genie sometimes? That if we just pray to him, well, he'll just answer and we'll get everything that we want. But God did not call us to be selfish. He calls to lay down our life. He calls us to be selfless. So why on earth do we think that he would answer our selfish prayers? I mean, he might answer it and it's going to be a big fat no. I wish sometimes we would hear that more. Just a big fat no. I wish in my life I would just hear no. Stop it. So our motives, are they pure? Are they selfless? Humility, all of this goes together. Humility, Psalms 51.2 says, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Every day when we wake up, Lord, would you just wash me thoroughly from my iniquity? Would you cleanse me from all of my sin? 
Lord, I just want to be humble before you. And as you begin to pray, you pray with humility. But in order to have selfless motives, you have to be humble. And in order to really, truly have the faith that God calls us to, we have to be selfless. But first, we have to be humble. Number four, submission. First John 5.14 says, it's talking about confidence and the, the compassion in prayer. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, make sure we get that, will, his will, he hears us. He doesn't say, well, if we just ask anything, and we can take that to fit ourselves so much, to fit ourselves, our selfishness, to say, well, if I ask anything, he will answer, he will give it. And it's saying, according to his will, remember the will, to love and to serve him, to glorify him in everything you say and do, and to tell people about him. So if it does not line up with that, if it's not glorifying him, then it is not his will. But in order to be in submission, we have to be humble. With a selfless attitude and an abundance of faith. And the last one is persistence. Luke 18, 1 through 2 says, we read it earlier, but then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. So persistence. Now when we have the faith, when we're selfless, when we're humble, and we're submitting to God, will have a holy persistence, not a selfish persistence. Well, the Bible says, like we read earlier, and taking out of context, that if we ask anything, he will give it to us, he will answer, so I'm going to be persistent with my selfish prayers. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that we need to submit to him with humility, and, our, and we need to be selfless as we submit with an abundance of faith so we can be persistent in the faith. Amen? So that is how we should pray. Martin Luther said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Ouch. <laughs> David Platt, one of my favorite authors and pastors, said, daily may your greatest work be done and your greatest joy be found before the Lord on your knees. Not helping somebody cross the street or paying for somebody's meal. May that all, all of that stuff will glorify God if we are first on our knees because our attitude is right. The whole paying it forward idea, you know, see the commercials, right? Pay it forward. Help this person that will help this person that will help. That's good, but without God, it's not really good, is it? Because there is no good without God. So it's just a nice act. But if we can go into our lives, if we can say our, our, that we have daily are on our knees, our greatest work is done there, then we can go into every situation with a godly attitude, with humility, and with love and a selfless mindset. So what's the application? Stop the excuses. 
And I'm guilty of it too. How many times do we make excuses? Well, I'm just busy. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to work on all of this. I just, I, I work all these jobs or I have kids and I just, it's just too much. Those are all excuses. I mean, Paul was thrown in a prison, a cell, chained. He had no excuses. He was in worse situations that we've ever been in, and he continued to pray. And the second is just do it. And this one I struggle with because I want to develop a good plan. Problem is I just end up developing a good plan and continuing to develop a good plan and continuing, but then I just don't do it. So just go. Start praying. Start praying. The best plan is to pray and to seek God. And I encourage you to do this daily. Daily. Everybody with me will be good. It's kind of heavy, but good. It's powerful. God is good all the time. Well, Lord, we thank you for speaking today. We thank you for your word that we can cling to. We thank you that we literally read 17 scriptures today. We thank you that you are speaking in this church by your truth, that we are not manipulating, we're not trying to conjure anything up, but we just desire your truth. Lord, I pray that you would continue to convict us where conviction is needed. Lord, I pray that you would um, continue to work in us where we need work. And Lord, would you remind us as we go home that you love us and that you just want to spend time with us, that this isn't out of, we've got to be careful that this is not out of just a law. This isn't out of just, well, I have to do this because I'm a follower and that's just what I have to do, but we should love to do this. So Lord, just speak to us. Show us how much you want to spend time with us. Lord, that you just desire for us to be in the presence with you and to be talking with you, Lord Jesus. Would you just show us that? Lord, give us a desire to pray. Give us a desire to seek your face, Lord Jesus, with humility, with a selfless attitude, with faith, with submission, with persistence. Lord, I pray that our greatest work would be done and our greatest joy would be found before you, Lord Jesus, on our knees. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you got a ton out of this message. Be sure to check back on our website for the most recent sermons posted. Also, you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Passion Church QC and be sure and hit the like button. Well, have a blessed week and I hope to see you on Sunday.